Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. I don't know how many life contracts are loving this, aren't they? <laughs> it's like heaven for them. <laughs> Is the shedding causing the symptoms in those that haven't had the jab? Because it's the jab that's causing the shedding. So the symptoms aren't there. They haven't been there. They've created the problem, reaction, solution, right? You've been advocating that a bit, haven't you? But like, so the problem is that they're, oh, the COVID's the problem. That's the problem. Okay. Well, what's the reaction? Oh, we need to fix it. Oh, we'll give you something. That's the solution. But really, the problem, reaction, solution is to create the problem because the problem didn't exist in the first place. And the problem is the symptoms that give them the credibility they need to change whatever systems they're trying to change. The law seems to be the one that's at the forefront, isn't it? Because they're mandating and what's the word they use when they make something legal, but it's not legal? They legislate. Mandatory. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't mean you have to. It's not law. That's not law. It's a it's legalese, isn't it? It's um, legislation rather than law, but they try to make it like it is law when it's not. Mandatory. I thought I had a, a complete understanding of that. So it is required by law or mandate. It's compulsory. So compulsory isn't law. Is is I've got something on that. Is mandatory law. Mandatory statutes are those that require, as opposed to permit, a particular course of action. Their language is characterized by such directive terms as shall, as opposed to may. A mandatory provision is one that must be observed, whereas a directory provision is optional. So what does must be observed? Well, can I read something that I had on mandatory explained? Definitely. Give us that in layman's terms. If something is referred to as a rule or a guideline or as compulsory or mandatory, it is not a law. You are not legally obliged to comply with it. Rules and guidelines and things labelled compulsory or mandatory require your active consent. You cannot be forced by law enforcement officers or government as these things are not law. Officials use this language to try and manipulate and frighten you into volunteering your consent. Do not give it. Mandatory explained. Basically, they're, they're using... They, when we say they, we're, we're referring to the orchestrators of... Establishment. Yeah, the establishment, the, the system, the oppressive system, the... Well, we're, we're saying this is a spiritual war. So we're saying the satanic team, the devil's team. The cabal. Whatever is found to exist inside the devil's team, which is everything that isn't Jesus. Anything that isn't Jesus is the other team, potentially, right? is motivated by the other team. So when we say they, we're saying the other team, not the Jesus team. Yeah. Is that agreed? Yeah. All right. 
unless unless we state they as being some other body that is perhaps akin to the Christian movement, then it becomes another they. But in this, this for the purpose of this discussion, perhaps they is all of that because it kind of sums them up. Because whenever people use the word they, it's a really sort of it's it's I know what it means to me. You know what they means to you. But I don't think it always has, carries a definition in the wider scope. Of course, if it's in context, we pick that up. But I think they is a very... Remember we talked about that last year, I think it was, about who are they? Yeah. What was the conclusion of that? And people that are not awake, I think, well, people are not awake, they don't know who they are. So they'll ask that question, who are they? Did we arrive at the place where we decided that it wasn't important who they were because perhaps they part of the diversion tactic is to create a they and make it confusing? Like, we can't pin down who it is, what it is. Like, there's no, you know, like, if it was the Queen, for instance, we could say, oh, the Queen is they and everyone below her, but we don't know. We, we're not sure. We don't know who they is. Nobody knows. No one knows. No one knows. And that's part of the confusion, isn't it, really? Mm. Is that we don't know they is. Well, that's part of the plan, isn't it? To confuse and distract. Yeah. Because when you create confusion, you create cognitive dissonance. Exactly. And you divide and conquer that way. Yeah. It's the oldest, one of the oldest tricks in the book. So we know that it's being done on a on a huge scale, a scale that we probably couldn't break down in a hundred hours of podcasting because it covers every aspect of life, doesn't it? Every department within the governmental system. And it also travels across borders and into other languages, everything that is national and international, local and international law. But law essentially began back in England, didn't it? In London, like the language of law, legalese, is from maritime law. That's where it comes from. Yeah. So that, that was the beginning. So we're not saying that law is responsible for the confusion, but law is responsible for creating a system that protects the confusion, yeah, but then they bring in legalese, which is not law, to be corrupt and have tyranny in our government. Well, legalese is the language of law. Well, it's a, it's an interpret it's the way they inter they interpret it. So it's not common law, but it's maritime law. That's what the legalese. It's a language of itself. There are dictionaries to tell you what the legalese terms are. It's not a language that the common people understand. It's what they use in, in courts and what they use in, in police. One good example is, do you understand? So in our language, we say, well, yeah, I understand. I comprehend what you're saying. But in legalese terms, it's um, when you agree that you understand as a common person to a police uh, is it an officer or constable? I can't remember which way around it is. You're saying, I stand under you. So it's a whole different language. Yeah, it's a it's admitting that you are um, that they are sovereign and you are the subject. Yeah, you're a peasant. You're right. That the, the lang it's the language used by law lawyers that is difficult for most people to understand. It's legal jargon. Yeah. When you say yes, I understand. You're agreeing to anything can happen, and it's not 
going to be able to be understood by you. So you're literally agreeing that you understand that nothing's going to make sense. Yeah, and they can do whatever they want. You're literally consenting to them doing exactly what they want to you under their legalese language and system. From that point forward, when you agree. When you agree, because then you enter joinder, which is called joinder. You enter a contract with them. And once you enter a contract with them, you're bound by that contract with them and you lose your rights. Yeah, and only they can sever it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to appeal to the court to get it severed. Yeah, you have to ask permission, you know, like all these numpties walking around on the marches shouting for it to ask for their freedom back. Do you know what I mean? It's freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. That turns my stomach. That really annoys me. I'm like, what are you doing? You're literally asking a tyrannical government to give you your freedom back. Yeah. They don't have it. Only have it when you give it to them. Yeah, it's going to the slave master and asking yeah. to give you the key for your chains. Yeah. Well, that's going to happen, eh? Uh, <laughs> give us the key to our chains. Give us the key. Oh, yeah, no worries, mate. To the left. Oh, no. Crucifixion? No. <laughs> right. That is exactly what I was thinking <laughs> in my mind, that scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, crucifixion. For anyone that doesn't know Life of Brian, it's a Life of Brian reference. There's a geezer that the, the Roman says to him, you don't have, no, you don't need crucifixion. And he literally begs him for crucifixion. <laughs> he does. He says, no, no, he goes, I'm only joking. <laughs> ah, just pull in your leg. <laughs> he goes, oh, what are you like? Go on, get back over there. Yeah, but how fitting is it with what's going on? now oh totally do you know what i mean it's like people seriously and it's like with with the jabs isn't it it's kind of like saying oh no i don't need oh yeah go on then i need one go on go on i need to die yeah 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 oh give it to me give it to oh please give it to me don't give it to anyone else first (gasps) can't we make up a category that makes me more important than anyone else like over 51 (laughs) eye half a heart yeah well, there were people pretending to be 80-year-old getting the jab, and it's like, obviously, they're not that age, but they, <laughs> they were so desperate to have it that they um, got in line somehow pretending they're uh, of a certain age, and they were like in their 40s, maybe 30s, 30s or 40s. It was in America. Something else from Life of Brian kind of sums up where we're going with this as well. It's the bit where they're... At the uh, at the order, ah, oh, what do they call that place? They're standing up at. It's the arena, isn't it? Yeah. And they're going, oh no, he's the people's front of Judea. I thought he was the Judea, the people's front. <laughs> no, shut up, you mug. <laughs> it's different. They're different. Uh, it's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a bit the, the confusion. It's exactly the same, but it's in a different order, so it's different. Nah, nah, don't be stupid. That one scene sums up life right now. And then he goes, I've decided I want to have a baby. And then John Cleese says, you can't have a baby. You haven't got a womb. Yeah. And then she goes, yeah, but he's got a democratic right to have the decision to make the choice to have a baby. Why can't he have the choice to have a baby? Because he hasn't got a womb. (laughs) That's true. It's true. It's just what's happening now. It's men. Men are can bleed too. That's a whole, uh, whole ad campaign. 
and uh, you've got like uh, blood right around where the vagina's meant to be, well, is, but not on a man, but on a woman. Really? Uh, but it's men with blood stain around, around the crotch area saying women bleed too. It's so messed up. It's so messed up. Yeah. Wow. I haven't heard that before. That's insane. Yeah. But I think we're the, the kind of overriding subject matter of that particular, you know, line of discussion was around the fact that there's been some confusion as well with this the language yeah. of law now being applied to other areas of life, the other elements of division like the race thing, the the sex thing, the you know, and they're they're, they're, they're confusing. They're confusing the genders and they're and they're using uh that confusion of that language to goad and to bully uh, various departmental systems like the education system is a shining example to roll out confusion to to set the confusion amongst the children when they're young mm. to, to, to confuse them right and we've yeah. got some examples of that happening haven't we well they're teaching four-year-olds about masturbation i mean really how sick is that yeah. That really angers me. It really does. Yeah. And also, you've got church schools sending out circulars, you know, deputies signing off their name with pronouns and uh, the, the, a particular race group that they belong to when really they represent in the school and meant to be representing Jesus, like church. Church schools, yeah. Mm. It all ties into the corruption of uh, the devil working in society to provide people with distractions and so this society and, and what i talked about in the previous podcast about self that the the, the the satan's machine is trying to make everyone be selfish and, and ego driven and play god Self-serving, yeah. God's law is the way to go. Have a look around the the trauma and tragedy of life that is around us all the time. Whether we deny it or not, it's happening. It's in the news. It's it's on people's lips. It's it's uh it's coming down through the movies. It's coming in through uh through the lyrics that they're promoting through music, through uh, gang culture, through selfish, selfish behaviour, through ego, through the pursuit of self above anybody else, through separation, also through buying into the legalese. This is where we started. The problem is, is that the devil has set up this very confusing environment which is using a law or the language of law to oppress us and keep us in a place of confusion, a constant state of confusion. What did you call it? You called it um, cognitive dissonance. And so we are not only confused in that position of not being saved, but we're also unable to find a way out because we've been led to believe that we have to figure the way out that's the only way that we're going to amount to anything is if we are capable of existing in that environment unperturbed and unchallenged and then of course when you come up against somebody that sees it differently you reject them because that's your role that's what the devil teaches people in that position he teaches them to reject their birthright their privilege to a 
to a, an amazing life you know that that's what the devil does it, it, and that's that's what happened to us isn't it we rejected him because of all of those things in our lives that deterred us and distracted us from the truth god's law they're meant to be representing not man's law so they've infiltrated church they've infiltrated and we know where that comes from anyway from the protestant church from henry the eighth right the devolvement from uh, uh from the catholic church and some might say that was a good thing but under the grounds that he carried it out no and i think catholicism needs to be discussed at some point it does mm. but i think it's going to take us off track we kind of need to get back to where we were which was we were talking about the division well, or the language creating division legalese and law we were talking about law rolled out through the departmental channels education the police uh, the way you know the the so-called police are meant uh, upholding the law right they're meant to uphold the law but more and more we're being shown that they're actually it, it feels like and it looks like and they're acting like they're actually making up the law and they're ignoring the law they're at least so they've made laws like what would be an example an example would be that you have the a right to protest you mean a common law common law yeah the legal basis of the right to protest is the common law right to peaceful assembly which can be traced back to the magna carta but it also it also protects you if the government becomes corrupt. It actually says it in there. That's why you have that right. Yeah. So taking that as an example, right? That is in common law, which is not legally. So that that's meant to be pretty straightforward. And anyone that is meant to be in a position upholding the law, the Magna Carta, should be the first port of call, which is the basis of not law, but the reformation of law. Well, it's the Constitution, isn't it? I'm sure law was around before the Magna Carta. Probably it was just based on whatever re royal was in power at that time, wherever they were, just make up their own stuff. Like Henry VIII, as we know, you know, literally changed the Bible to suit himself, changed religion to suit himself, so changed laws to suit himself. He didn't change the Bible. He, he, he created a new... Uh, church that's what he did so that's why you have the catholic church and the protestant church the protestant church is the henry the eighth church church of england the devolved church from the catholic church the bible well we don't know if anyone has uh taken things out of the bible but we don't know what's been edited but but with the bible you know the effects of it because of the results it has when we use it when we read it and, and what the effects we have from the different perspectives that we have because we're join the team as opposed to not in the team yeah but we do know that when we read the bible as christians born again saved uh, baptized not necessarily but certainly saved we know that we have a different um we get a different response from the bible let's say yeah it, it has a different doesn't it we can't explain what it is we don't know how it works we just know that when we read it, it and it doesn't even or you know say we wake up in the morning we're having a really bad morning and we think oh i really having a bad morning you know you're compelled most people don't most christians don't but if you are aware of your uh, your birthright and it comes through the word of the bible then you'll pick the bible up for that for that solace if you like and then you'll open it randomly at any place and then you'll read 
And I always like to read out when I'm in that kind of state of mind mm -hmm. uh, because it's like a sort of, you know, new age people will use incense and sage and all sorts of stuff, but we, we use the Bible, we read it out, and that's like a version of cleansing. It cleanses everything. It, it, like The devil runs away. You don't like it. Mm -hmm. And so it cleanses you, it cleanses your space, it will cleanse anything you ask it to, that there is power in the word of Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can separate bone from marrow. It's powerful stuff, the word. So when you read it out, that's what happens. But you don't get that until you join the club. The club of Jesus. You have to join the club. You can't see it. Yeah, you can't see it. So you can go around, and I know because I've done it. Me, I have too. <laughs> like I think I know the Bible. I know parts of it, and I and somebody tries to challenge me, a Christian. I say, yeah, but I know that. You know, but I am a Christian. What makes you think you're a Christian? Oh, because I because I'm kind to others. I love my neighbour, and you know, and I try to do right by others and do uh, right. I, I try to treat other people as I you know want them to treat me. Uh, and so you think you're a Christian, right? But when you get saved and then you learn and you read and you realize the power of the word, something else comes along. And I uh, it's, I can't explain it. I'm not God, for one. I'm not Jesus. And I don't know if any – well, I, I'm pretty sure no one on planet Earth can explain what happens. But something miraculous happens. It's almost like it works on a multi – like. I don't know, pick a number and then multiply that by itself and just continue to multiply that until, you know, the the number itself is the length of the universe. And that number is not big enough to explain how many different levels of, um, of, of how many levels of results one gets from reading one piece of scripture mm. because it sets off a chain reaction Massive. yeah and it goes through you and it goes through everything and it sent it opens up a whole new let's call it a channel right because a lot of people understand channels and stuff like that it opens up a channel and then god's like right and he just goes boof like that and in a, in a nanosecond he creates everything and it's already been created but it's like you've sort of like you said okay i've uncovered you know like when you buy a scratch card yeah you buy a scratch card you rub the numbers off and then you get like you, you get the winning ticket like i won well every time you read out from the bible you've won this the scratch card is a winner but it might not be for you right now it could be at some point in the future you might not even know when it does happen it could be someone you're connected to and there could be millions of these scratch cards all winning scratch cards just from that one event when you read the bible and then you'll get proof that god's working in your life because he'll do uh, something that is specific to the prayer or to the to the to the place you were at that time. It will send somebody into your life, or the phone will ring, or you'll you'll ring somebody and you'll feel better and have a conversation, and then something will be said in that conversation, and you'll be like, "Oh, wow, that's what I was asking God about." <laughs> so he he like works in all those different magical ways. Magic's meant to be a word like of Lucifer, by the way, but. I'm using it because magi, you know, I'm using it in the terms of uh, miraculous, uh, unexplainable. Uh, God's way of remaining anonymous is, what's the word? Synchronicity is God's way of remaining anonymous. Is it synchronicity? Uh, coincidence. Coincidence, yeah. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Once 
uh, you experience or one experiences salvation, then you read then the the searching is kind of like okay, it, it's like I read the Bible when I was a kid, um, and I'd read it every every night, and I learned the King John version, and that was hard. That was hard going. I didn't learn it; I read it. The King James version, you mean? King James, sorry, King James. Um, and that was hard going. I don't remember all of it, but some of it stuck with me. And then um, when I experienced salvation and then reading the Bible, it's, it's a different experience completely because the understanding of it resonates within my gut and that's the thing that you talk about a lot is in the gut uh, and it resonates and and I just I don't know if this is what happens but this is my feeling is that the Holy Spirit comes through you for salvation uh, of Jesus and then you and then reading the Bible becomes that more clear and it's 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 comforting it's helping to understand the world as it was then and and currently because it's always current even though it was written thousands of years ago so and then comes baptism and then the Holy Spirit comes in even stronger and the Bible resonates even more that's what I'm thinking is going to happen because I haven't been baptized yet so I don't know but I do feel like the Holy Spirit is working in me through actions, through experiences I'm ha- having and things like you were saying. So, yeah, I, before that salvation, the Bible didn't mean to me and I didn't understand it in the same way. Yeah. Because I wasn't connected with that love energy of Jesus, you know. I wasn't reading it from that perspective. And not just the New Testament, I mean, because the Old Testament as well, I've been learning about that. But particularly with the New Testament, um, with the Gospels and so on, that's meaning a lot more to me because it's Jesus' words, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like a guidebook to live in, which is a practical application that you can apply to your life to get you into the Jesus space as well. Yeah, and it's not easy. It's not easy because we've got a lot of distractions and there's a lot of, you know, the devil wants to get in everywhere, everywhere. If there's an opportunity, it's like he's just waiting in the sidelines, waiting for your barrier to go down a little bit. And he's going to pounce on you. Yeah, what come up for me when you were saying that, and it'd be, it'd be good to hear as well along the line of this, is to talk about the resistance to that before being saved. Oh, that's massive. That conscious, really aggressive almost rejection of it by trying to in one sense accepting that it's okay it exists for instance if you're talking to a a saved christian and they're they're ministering to you you sort of appease them because you do believe you know to some extent that the you don't reject the the bible or the biblical teachings or the, the the fact that jesus may have lived but you're not willing to actually go that extra yard and go i'm not inviting him into my art I'm making him my governor you know he's not my boss i've got this i'm my own boss i don't need to have the relationship <laughs> yeah. with jesus you're telling me to have because i've already got one but that's it's 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 not the one that is talked about that you it's not the way you most people that are in that resistance stage, a they haven't been saved, but are very uh, have been 
have been exposed, have been, if you like, footsteps in the sand, isn't it? You think God's nowhere, God's not around, but he's been Mm -hmm. carrying you the whole time waiting for you to turn around and just say a few words, which Jesus told you you need to say to be able to properly invite it all into your your life, into your heart. Mm -hmm. But yet we reject that because we don't know that it says that in there because we we tell ourselves and those that are trying to um, evangelize to us that why why do they know better than us? Because we live a Christian life, but yet we're not Christian according to the Bible. Mm. And so we reject anybody trying to convert us. Man's law is full of lies. And if you want to, know how many are in it then you can start with legalese because right there is the most confusing thing that you could ever even begin a discussion about a language to use which you won't understand that if you sign into it is open to any interpretation it wants to oppress you and keep you as a slave essentially And you need a dictionary to understand it. Yeah, and you need a lawyer and a barrister, and they can't know the answer because you can sit before a judge and on a particular charge that's been created and invented by this legalese, and even he won't know what it means. He'll have to go to a book and have a look. So the idea that any person could know all of the language of law, whether confusing or otherwise, at any one time is ludicrous. Yeah. But the thing is that even with man's law is that what they're bringing in with like the coronavirus, uh, COVID stuff is that it's not even law, it's legislation, which is not law because it's not been taken through parliament. It's not been, you know, they're supposed to work for the people, the people are meant to decide and it's not been passed in a way that it becomes law. But they say that it's law. So they're they're gaslighting people, saying it it's not legislation; it's law, which is legislation. It's not law. But they haven't they uh, created acts like they've got the uh, which is legislation. It's not law. So they got the dance and music license act, which stopped the ravers from congregating and having throwing raves. Right? They said you need to have a license oh, right. to okay. have a rave. Yeah. So yeah. it's an act. It's an act of uh, parliament, which means it's sworn uh, into parliament, which means it's law. Because right. it, has, okay, it, so it becomes, it's a white paper first, and then it becomes right. uh, okay. an act, and then it becomes law. Right. That's my understanding. So, so um, legislation hasn't passed through that process yet. That's why it's still legislation. It's not been passed through those, it's not gone through those processes. But from what I'm seeing, right, the difference between, and I'll tell you because I've looked it up here, the difference between with the differences between acts and regulations is this: an act is legislation passed by the parliament. Acts, not including schedules to acts, can only be amended by another act of parliament. Regulations, rules and codes are commonly known as subsidiary legislation and require publishing Mm. in the government gazette to become legal. And these are the guidelines that dictate how the provisions of the Act are applied. 
And they may also contain pro forma official forms that are required under the Act, you know, to track and trace, etc. Regulations and schedules of the Acts can be only be amended by a notice published in the Government Gazette. Well, who runs that? We should put a notice. The government. Yeah. But generally, if it's the legal statement of law that you want, then it is the act that is required. If it is implementation detail, then the regulation is required. So, you see, what they're doing is, is they're taking an act and they're using an act to create a uh, to create regulation. That's what's happening. But they're, they're doing it the wrong way around. No, well, you think they are but they haven't because mm. they've made amendments to previous acts while everyone's been dozing. Oh, uh, yes, they yeah, have. So they yeah. made one to the, health, the, uh, the one in the event of a pandemic. The or, mental health. The mental health one they changed while we all slept. Yeah, they, they did the one for the, um, for the one in the, in the event of a state of emergency, right, a state emergency. Yeah. If there's a... If right. there's, like a state emergency, then they're allowed to hold people prisoner. They're allowed to, you know, all sorts. Whatever's in there is in there. Cause Administer they, medication, that sort of shit. Yeah, because they yeah. made amendments to the Act by yeah. simply writing in the Government Gazette what those amendments were or what the proposal mm-hmm. for those amendments were and, and leaving it open to contestant, contestment. But nobody tests yeah. for them because no one knew about yeah. it. Yeah, well, <laughs> they don't going to tell you, are they? So they invented a place where they could put it and like sort of. Uh, yes, people probably do look at it, but they probably are in law, and they probably only come across it because it's a circular that they get sent because they want to be abreast yeah. of the law changes. So they don't mm. go necessarily look at the one that says, right, in the in the state of a medical emergency, we could force vaccinate everyone, force them to wear masks and create a track and trace system to make them mm. stick by or adhere to. Uh, the person, you know, the person who's most likely to be reading the government gazette has already been involved in the process of bringing that to the Act by discussions through Parliament, usually in the back benches, uh, in the halls, and it doesn't reach the floor. Why? Because it's not an Act. Because it's not law. So it's not an Act of Parliament. It's an amendment yeah. to an Act of Parliament. So do they, and it's a good question to ask, is do they have to announce it in the court, in the House, when it's amended? And I would say, my gut is telling me, no, they don't. I don't think so. Yeah. So if the amendment only has to be made in the Government Gazette, then here lies the problem, is that they've created this, like, uh, this, like, closed shop where they can... Uh, push through amendments based on fictitious situations. Let's say, so they made up the pandemic to have an excuse to be able to create amendments to laws. But which came first? Did they make up the amendment and create, sorry, the law make the amendment? No, they made the amendment where they were doing that thing around the Terrorism Act back then. They were, uh, I seem to remember looking into it, and it maybe it was around 2008 or something like that, 2000. 12 seems to ring a bell the oh, I'll, I'll come back to that what I was saying was that at some point in the past they'd made an amendment to what they're allowed to do in the event of a state emergency so like a terrorist attack or a uh, like a biochemical is kicked off or whatever. So it probably came after I think it was 07 wasn't it when you had London, Tavistock Square uh yeah. It was probably after that. I reckon it was about 2008. 
And so they made an amendment in there. They did it in, in, across the Commonwealth. They rolled it out and they put in these draconian measures that they were allowed to do certain things uh, under the specific state emergencies. And the, a pandemic was one of them. And a lot of what you're seeing unfolding now with this mandatory stuff comes from those amendments to that act, those acts. That's why they've kind of got us, really, from a legal perspective. Law, man's law, will always have us. That's, that's a fact. Because no commoner, like when I say commoner, I mean anyone outside of that privileged set of people that can do that, no commoner is ever going to be able to change that behaviour. Right? So... If there was ever talk of a revolution or of any sort, it would have to, you know, you know that I don't believe revolutions work anyway, not if they're installed onto the same platform. It's a bit like having Windows 98 and Word 97 and then Word 98 comes out and you put Word 98 on the top. It's still, right, it's still the same operating system. So you're still going to have the same bugs, you're still going to have the same etc. The program might look like it works well, but underneath the hood, it's still the same. Your revolutions don't work. But if you change the accountability when you p put a new system in place, then maybe that'll work. But as has been discussed at length here, man is incapable of doing that. That's why God came, sent Jesus that's why Jesus is God, and that's why he gave us the apostles and the testimonies and the Bible so that we could learn that in there, that is the solution. So it ain't man's no law. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's God's law is the solution, not man's law. And no amount of trying to make it a God of your own understanding is going to make God's, uh, sorry, man's law work like God's law. It has to be God's law, or you, or you get what you what you get. This is what you, you're going to get. You're going to keep what you got if you don't switch to God's law. It's as simple as that. What do you what would you what do you think? Well, I was thinking in terms of like the people that come from a spiritual perspective of taking ownership because it's within us to take ownership. And I used to be along those lines of thinking, but what I think people are not connected to Jesus don't realise is that we are still being accountable for ourselves, but we're doing it with the loving guidance and support from Jesus, which is even better than just being self-reliant on our own power. You know, because we are powerful people. We do have power within us, but when that's supported by God, it, it is doubled, tripled, more, more than that. It's actually unquantifiable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, I, and so I do understand where these people are coming from. Oh, you've got a spiritual, you've got to connect to yourself, you've got to, you know, all the spiritual aspects of stuff. I get it. But when you're connected with God, and you, it's even more. Well, it's like, the true inheritance of your spiritual journey that we seek for ourselves internally uh, at the first port of call before we 
manifest that in our environment is a lot easier to get when you go through God. When you go to God, he gives you all mm. that and he gives you everything yeah. that you can't even imagine. He gives you so much more. So the idea that you yeah. can do it yourself is just like, it's a pin. It's the tip of a pin yeah. in relation to the universe of how how the size of your spiritual journey is for you when you mm. remain in charge as opposed to the size of God. You're a, you're a yeah. pinprick. So what do you yeah. want? You want God, which is that massive universal side and bigger size, or you want the pinprick of your own efforts well, and spirituality? I, I don't want to be a prick, so I'd rather be with God. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> does really do that. <laughs> just quickly, I, God. I, I just wanted to yeah. throw this in because I've come up a couple of three, two or three times and I haven't had a chance to say about it. The Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and got banished from the garden. But God knew all that. God, you know, he was upset, but he knew that he was going. He knew there was a possibility it was going to happen because he gave us choice, and it's that yeah. choice that allows us. It, that's the grace of God. God didn't want it to be all boring and him being the governor over us. He, he didn't want that because if we landed in the Garden of Eden and we just lived, we wouldn't know how important God is in our lives. We would just know God. And would we know God? Because we wouldn't know what it's like without him, right? So he gave us choice so we could make a decision of whether we want to find out what it's like without him and then make a decision what it's like, uh, you know, have a decision of faith to see what it's like with him. And that's the difference between mm -hmm. being of the world, of man's law, being of God, of God's law, is sticking with the choices of staying away from God and, and having everything the forbidden fruit provides or making the choice of having faith in God and that he's going to look after you. And trust me, he will if you take that road. Mm -hmm. That's just what I wanted to say. And it was also an act of love that he allowed that to happen because what happened was that Adam didn't, he loved Eve so much that he chose to be with her because yeah. he didn't want her to be on her own. God honoured. And not that he Adam. didn't love God, but he he, um, he was showing them what love is as well. That's a good them. point. That's a good, that's mm. actually a good point because Eve first took of it and then, and then offered it to Adam. Yeah. And it's right, Adam, you know, said, okay, this uh, partners in crime, eh? Partners in crime. Yeah, so, and how many thousands of years has it taken for us to get here? Uh, and, but mm. that had to happen as well. And just like Adam had to go down that path and Eve had to go down that path, we've all had to go down that path. I don't know anyone who's just arrived apart from Jesus and had it all set up, ready to go. And this brings us full circle to where we started, really, which is 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 this is about it, we're in a spiritual war. We never started there, but we kind of like this. This seems to be uh, the primo topic that seems to resonate through everything that he's spoken about, or, or anything that is heading towards a, a solution-based future. Is that we're in a spiritual war? We're up against Satan. It's a done deal. God wins, as you've already you know, sent me the T-shirt to proclaim. God does win. Devil knows that. But he's just trying to do as much damage as he can along the way and get as many people as he can into hell. Just quickly, because yeah. I know we want to wrap up. Is there anything hey. you'd like to say to anybody who may be listening to this podcast? Um, 
Tell us a fear Maybe that you have. A fear is being rejected. That's a fear of being rejected for my belief system, my value system, just being rejected for speaking out, having a voice. And so my, I suppose my message would be, don't be afraid. Trust in Jesus, trust in God, trust in the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and don't be afraid because God is there. Fear is not God. Fear is, some, is, 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 um, is the devil, isn't it? It's coming in. Yeah. So just, I love that saying, just, fear knocks on the door, faith opened it and there is no one there. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, that's the message then. It's just to have faith in, in God. And if you do that, you, you'll have faith in yourself because there's always that fear of exposing oneself. If but then not, being a Christian, we're told that, you know, prepare for persecution because you will be as a Christian. So I'm prepared for it. But I've it, got yeah. the I've got the full armour of God on me now. It's good that you said that because that was the verse I was going to read out. Do it. All right. And, but before I do, when I asked you what your fear was and you told us what it was and then you said what people need to do to avoid that fear, what would God tell you and those people was the most important thing of all to be able to overcome it. Apart from, you don't have to go, you don't have to run outside into the street now and become a hardcore evangelist and shout, Jesus is Lord, and start raking everyone up and banging on their doors and walk around, you know, your local area saying the end is nigh. No one's saying you have to do that. But you, you can quietly just say, okay, well, I've heard some really challenging things or I've heard some things I'm not sure about and I've heard some things that I am sure about. And I'm going to start, quietly going about asking some further questions of people that are around me that do have this Christian walk because they're guaranteed they're around you because if 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 you wouldn't be here listening to this if they weren't that's what I'm saying they're around you they are there's somebody in your life who's been ministering to you go and have a chat with them all right I, I think that's what God would say about fear he'd say all right well what's the source of your information I love that. Yeah, yeah, and seek out fellow Christians. Yeah, for 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 safety as for, well as anything. For else. fellowship and safety, and to knowledge to deepen faith and knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is the armor of God. Ephesians six ten of the New Testament. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitting with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, Take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And then there's a little final greeting on the end, which is, doesn't always get read, so we'll read it. It's 21 to 23. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know who we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. I've been me. And I've been me. And we'll catch you on the other side. Amen. Amen. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus.